Hi, this is Anne Garvin, and I am the founder of the Tall Poppy Writers. And this is Tall Poppy Writers Presents with, I know how this book ends, with Amy M. Pelizzeri as your host to this book club. Hi, Amy. How are you? Hi, Anne. I'm so excited that we're here together. This is super fun. It is really fun. And we have a lot to talk about, even though we talk to each other every day, multiple times a day. <laughs> I know. It is miraculous that we can keep coming up with more things to talk about, but I honestly can never run out of things to talk about with you. <laughs> I didn't know. It's absolutely true. And that's kind of what we want this um, book club to be, isn't it? We want it to be like girlfriends talking and telling all their secrets and whispering everything that's deeply embedded in the books so that we can break down the walls between readers and writers and yeah. the readers can experience everything that the writers experienced in the way that we wanted them and we hope that people will experience our work. Yeah, because we, you know, we always say you and I like we'll be we we will like talk about our books as we're writing them and after we yes. writ, wrote them and and dive into them and we know each other so well and we'll we'll be talking about our books and deep diving into our books and you start to realize that like the best way to really understand the story behind the story is to know the author. And right. you and I know each other, but we also know a lot of authors, so we're going to we're going to let the the viewers and the readers know the these authors, right? So that's yeah. the, that's the goal. Yeah, and you know, when we were talking about doing this, what we wanted it to be was really different from every other book club out there. And those are really yeah. sanitized versions of what the yes. authors are talking about. Like sometimes I hear a moderator and they'll ask them a question and they will get the Instagram version where everything is pretty and I just made everything up and la la la. But we yes. know that a lot of authors' lives are not necessarily the stories word for word, but the emotions are definitely embedded in the books. And we want we want to open that up to our readers a little bit more so that they can get something from us that they don't get from other book clubs. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So it really, so the reason that I'm here, because I'm not going to be here very often, is um, unless I drag the, you in, which I will be. Yeah, unless I get dragged in, or you know, <laughs> if I ever publish a book, right? Then I get to come in and and have my oh, soul yeah, removed right a, and right around the at. corner. I can't wait. It is yeah. just around the corner. I am excited too. So, Amy, one of the things um, that I know about you, and I know other people sort of know this, but your first book, Lemongrass Hope was a debut that got a lot of, just a lot of great press. Jacqueline Machard, she blurbed it. Um, yeah. She's one of Oprah's first book picks. And yeah. um, you were on a lot of television shows and book clubs and things like that. And, and, you know, the book has this very interesting ending that people, you know, sort of wanted to know what the true ending is. And you want to talk about that a little bit and a little bit about your transition from what you did before you became an author. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny about that ending, too, because I do remember having editors tell me that that edit, that ending was not going to resonate with readers, that I was going to have to fix that ending. And so when when that book found its home um, and when I knew it found its home, it was because the editor said, do not change the ending. And so, you know, that that story arose during a big transition in my life. After a 13-year corporate litigation career, I was a, I had been a lawyer. I was always going to be a lawyer. And then about 10 years ago, I took what was supposed to be a one-year sabbatical. I'm still on it. But, you know, I, I started writing a book and 
I, I was working with a startup company. I didn't leave the law to write a book. I was doing other things, but maybe not surprisingly, I started to come up with this story of a woman who was at a big crossroads in her life. And that book became Lemongrass Hope. Certainly not overnight. It became Lemongrass Hope over four years <laughs> of writing and, and trying to get it in the right hands. And, and so that story really uh, was written at like a very transitional time in my life and became a very personal story. Yeah. When I read it and I read it before I met you and then I met you and the thing that I wanted to ask, but I was too polite to ask <laughs> was, so when I read it and I read that ending, I thought to myself, that lady has for sure had in her life a moment where she is trying to problem solve her life and wondering if she had made a different choice, would her mm -hmm. life have turned out better and differently? And she also looked really hard at the things she'd have to let go of for yeah. a better choice to have been made. And I totally put that on you. Was that correct? You know, it's so funny because no one ever asked me that. And, you know, thank you for asking me that because here's the thing. I would, you know, was so excited about that book and it got some modest, you know, publicity and I'd get invited to book events and I'd get invited to book clubs and people would always say to me, oh my goodness, there's so much poignancy and grief and loss in this book, but you're such a happy, upbeat, optimistic person and you got this perfect life and happy marriage. And my goodness, you know, that's such an, what an imagination you have. And, um, no one ever asked me the question, which was, is your life in crisis? Is your marriage in crisis? The answer to that, of course, was yes. And I was sort of terrified for people to ask me that, but I also would have loved for somebody to ask me that. I would have loved to be able to say it out loud. And that is the point of the podcast now, right? Is because asking these hard questions and getting to the real emotion behind the story is not only a way of connecting our readers to, to writers, but it's also incredibly liberating and empowering for the writer to be able to admit that. And the that. reader, because the yeah. reader then reads it and knows they're not alone in a moment oh my where they thought, yeah. should I erase my life and start over? Even if I can't, what if I did? So true. And, um, then, so true. And I think that, you know, what we do when we want, when we write is we tell a story and we want people to feel less alone. Yes, yes. And then we want to feel less alone and we want to connect. And otherwise there'd be no point. Otherwise you'd just write a story and you'd put it in your top drawer and you'd, or you'd give it out as Christmas gifts. You know, I mean, there's no reason to, to put a book out in the world unless it is to have your story connect with other people. So that's the goal really, you know, to the extent that we're like giving these sanitized answers and we're not really letting the reader into the full writing experience. We're doing the reader a disservice, but we're also doing ourselves a disservice as writers. So that's what I'm really trying to get to the bottom of here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the difference between going to a party and spending it in small talk, which I, I hate. hate small talk, I will yeah. always just grab someone and like, grab them by the shoulders and be like, tell me what's really going on, you know? So yes. that's what I want to do in the podcast. That's exactly what we want to do. We don't want any of that. Brace yourself because I've got another one. Okay, I'm buckling in. <laughs> Buckle in because I got another hard question for you. Okay. So okay. obviously I put a lot of stuff when I in when I read your books. And um, oh. I, <laughs> I went reading when I read Secret of the Worried Dolls. I, that, and a worry doll is a Guatemalan doll. They're tiny. They're sort of 
um, they're yarn dolls. And I know you have a yeah. lot of them and you're supposed yeah, to be able do. to whisper your secrets to that doll. Ostensibly, the secrets are so hard to talk about are so bad that you can't even tell your best friends. So what are the secrets that you whisper to your dolls? Oh, you know what? It's so funny that you say that because I do. I, I still have worry dolls. I got my first set of worry dolls when I was a little girl. I had an aunt bring them back for me as a gift from Guatemala. And I have always kept worry dolls in the house. If you look around my bathroom, you'll see them tucked in my makeup bag and sitting on the edge of my sink. And I just, I love them. And so the story, you know, Secrets of Worry Dolls, the story was written for a number of reasons. And but one of them was to deal with my very complicated emotions about my late grandmother. And I dedicated the book to her. I think uh, if I'm being honest, like the secret that I've been whispering to my own worry dolls for all these years resonates from my relationship with my grandmother, my late grandmother. And that is, do not let me self-destruct. Do not let me get in my own darn way. And that is because I idolized my late grandmother and she was a writer and she was very creative and she was super interesting and independent and really fascinating to me. And she was somebody I wanted to be just like. And then as I got older and I started to sort of see her as a very complicated woman, mentally ill and having a lot of really deep struggles, it terrified me how much I had wanted to be like her. One of the many reasons that I wrote Secrets of Worry Dolls was truly to kind of rewrite an ending for her that she never really got to have. And, and also in doing so to remind myself that my own ending is not written yet and that I can keep writing and rewriting it. And so the Worry Dolls have always been sort of for me, the vehicle to to express that fear and that worry that's really been in me since a little girl, since I was a little girl, but has become much more, I think, pronounced as I've gotten older and I've started to like really reflect on my grandmother's life and like what she meant to me and what she was in my life. So, yeah. You know, I think it's sort of that idea of like, if I, if for one thing, it's a little bit like, be careful what you wish for, right? Because for a yes. long time you wished to be your grandma. Oh my goodness. And then that's exactly the other it. piece yeah. of it is, thank God you're not in charge, right? I always think, <laughs> yes. I mean, or thank oh, the thank universe God, or through whoever you want. I am so oh glad gosh, I'm not in yeah. charge because if somebody would have given me the reins, a lot of people might be dead right now. No offense. Oh my gosh. So many, so many bad of. things would have happened. Yeah. I'm so yes. glad to not be in charge. I'm so glad to I'm let so go glad. of that. To those, so, my little yarn dolls on the side of my sink for sure. I know they know <laughs> that for sure. And they know the they names. Know. They've taken names. I have another question and it's about the book that's sort of this podcast namesake. I know how this ends yeah. and that's your most yeah. recent book. Yeah. That book is not really um, a sequel to Lemongrass Hope, but it is run parallel in some ways. A character runs yeah. parallel to that book. Yeah. And that character is running, running, running away. And I want to know what you're running away from all the time. Uh, well, you know what? For so long, I ran away from that book because that book, it is sort of the follow-up to Lemongrass Hope. It came out in 2014. I Know How This Ends was released just this past year in 2020. And then there were three standalone books in between. So Lemongrass Hope and I Know How This Ends are sort of the bookends for those that period of my life. And it's been 10 years since I left the law. So I do feel like those books sort of set end to end are my memoir from the from that decade. I always say I didn't write, I don't write nonfiction because I'm too chicken, you know, but 
the, those books are deeply personal. And so for a long time, I said I wouldn't, I wouldn't write a follow-up to Lemongrass Hope because I didn't know people would ask me, well, what happens after the last page? And I would always say, I really don't know because I really was still struggling with it in my own life. And as I started to understand how my story was going to not end, but progress, I started to understand that I could write a new chapter for Lemongrass Hope. And so that was very exciting. But, you know, I really do think when I look when I look at those books set end to end and I look at the the body of work that I've done over the last 10 years, I'm always writing around a certain issue, which is authenticity and trying to find your way to the truth. I love to write about lies. I love to write about the truth, but I probably love to write about lies a little more. And I, I think I'm always kind of dancing around this idea of like, what would it really look like to write a story about a character who really, truly finds her or his way to their own core by shedding every expectation that everyone else has for them. Like, what would that really look like? I, you know, we talk a lot about how our readers hold us to characters often that are likable. You know, everybody wants some likability in their characters. And, and sometimes I think that's really just a word for like, I want them to be perfect. I want them to be mm-hmm, more perfect mm-hmm. than me, right? So yes. they find like the flaws in our characters and they get really defensive about them sometimes. And we always try to write our characters like on this side of likability, but sometimes you have to sacrifice a little realism to do that. So I always wonder like, what would it be like to really write a, a character who has truly disregarded what everyone, all the rules what everyone really has said they must do, they must say, they must be. I think that probably is the story that I have run away from, but would like to run towards not in the not too distant future. Yeah. Isn't that always our goals in life is to try to, I just heard this, I just heard this quote and it's, I'm not even sure who said it, so I can't attribute it, but she said, I will be, I will like to disappoint people 10 more times than disappoint myself even once. And I thought, and I was like, oh, oh, and I thought, well, that's you. And you're, you know, you're too much of somebody who, who wants everybody to be happy and you'll take it on for yourself if you do that. And that's, I think is a really interesting thing to explore. And I think that's what you're saying when you're doing that. Absolutely. And I relate to that so deeply. Yeah, I do. I feel that so hard. Yeah. And I also, I also wonder like if we were able to achieve that, would anyone be around to, would anyone want stand to be around us? Like, <laughs> I know. Well, that's the Is big question mark. That's, selfishness? That's the, I don't that's know. That's the question. I, I don't know either. That's the question I want to answer. That is it. That really is. Because I really do think, and that's the point of the podcast, right? That I really do think if we can really get to our most authentic cores and we can share it with each other without embarrassment, without shame, without, you know, judgment, I really think we're going to we're going to reach a level of of connect that we haven't seen. And I think that's the point of storytelling. That's the point of storytelling certainly for from a writer's point of view. I'm sure that's I'm a writer and a reader, right? So I know that's the point of storytelling from both points of view and I think the only way to really get there is to really remove those barriers. So that's what so I'm that's hoping our we job. do. That's yeah, what we're doing. That is our job for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and so now tell me, you have another one coming up almost oh, immediately yes. after this one. I'm so excited about this. Wait till you listen to this. I had a wonderful talk with Sadiqa Johnson. She's the author of the really amazing new release called Yellow Wife. And 
let me tell you, that book is so gorgeous and it's been on so many most anticipated 2021 lists with due reason. It is a really interesting, fresh, beautiful, heartbreaking story. But she and I had a really fabulous talk about it. And it's a talk that I really don't think you're going to hear in other interviews or read in other interviews. So you'll have to tune in to hear our discussion. I know. I can't wait to hear her secrets. She's one of those people that's so, she's just like lovely and beautiful and shiny. Mm. And I think, how could you possibly have anything in there that needs work? So I can't wait to listen to it. We had a really beautiful discussion about that book and how that book came to be. So I can't wait for you to tune in and hear it. So one of the things about your show is that I'm not going to be on your show. Not anymore. You are taking it. And the only reason I was here was sort of to introduce you to the crowd and ask some hard questions. So I well, how am honored am I? Of, I am so excited to handle hand the mantle off to you. Well, thank you. I'm thrilled. And I am going to drag you back from behind the curtain on occasion. So everyone wants to hear from Ann Garvin. Plus, you and I have so much fun together. So we do. <laughs> anytime. I'll come anytime. Magic. Yeah. Good, 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 good. All right. All good. right. Well, thank we'll say you. goodbye now. You're welcome. Right, and I'll see you soon. 